Michael Barber is the Bishop of Oakland, California, and lately rosary walks have become a treasured part of his routine. I usually go out in the afternoon and uh, say the rosary. I have old clothes on, you know, because it's usually hot and stuff, and I either walk around the lake we have here near our church, or I walk the streets of the city because I like the peace and quiet and just uh, pray for our city. Bishop Barber was taking one of his rosary walks on the afternoon of May 22nd when he noticed a young man on a bike watching him. And kind of trailing me, stopping, looking around, and it got me nervous. The cathedral, Barber's home base, is in downtown Oakland. Although the city has seen some urban development, the bishop said there are still a lot of empty lots and empty buildings, and a lot of crime. On the street right outside the cathedral, every morning there's broken glass from cars that have been had their windows smashed and broken into. And uh, recently, Chinatown is just three or four blocks from us, and a lot of Asian people have been attacked, thrown on the ground, beaten up, sometimes robbed, but sometimes just beaten up for the heck of it. So when red flags went up in Barber's mind, he decided to act quickly. So I decided to turn on the first available street and start to walk home. So I I was a little nervous, so something wasn't right. I started walking down a a street, and again, it's 3.15 in the afternoon. It was a bright, sunny, warm day. The only problem was there weren't a lot of people around. There was no one on the street. But I was taking the most direct way home. And the guy came up on the bike quickly behind me, got off the bike, and pulled out the gun. First thing I said when I saw the gun was, I'm I'm sorry, Lord, for my sins, in case I was going to die then. Because there's so many shootings and killings. There's 56 homicides already in Oakland just this year. The young man demanded that Barber hand over his wallet. Barber prayed and pleaded for his life. I felt really humiliated, too. I I begged for my life. I begged him not to shoot me. I told him I was a Catholic priest. Please don't shoot me. And he kept yelling at me, give me your wallet. Give me your wallet. Bishop Barber gave the assailant his wallet and also his Episcopal ring, which had belonged to his father. The ring, it, it wasn't a big flashy bishop's ring. You know, it was a ring that belonged to my father, so it was small, but it looked like a you know, a bishop had a stone, you know, the right color and everything. And it was my everyday wear it ring. And uh, it was the ring that the archbishop put on my finger when he consecrated me a bishop. Word of the attack on barbers spread quickly. He said it didn't take long for members of his congregation to come and tell him about their own experiences. An old lady came up to me and said, I was carjacked after mass once. Three guys came up, they put a gun to me and demanded my keys and took off in my car and I was terrified. Another lady came up and said she had been walking to daily mass to our church and someone came up, grabbed her purse and threw her on the ground and it had dislocated her shoulder and her shoulder was in a sling for for weeks. Oakland police are still investigating the armed robbery. Although Bishop Barber wants justice, he said he's already forgiven the young man. So I don't hate the kid that did it. I feel sorry for him in a sense like he seems so young and yet 
why are you doing this? And do you have a, a mother and father at home, you know, to tell you not to do things like this? And do you have a school? You know, do you have a job? And he's been overwhelmed with love and support since the incident. We say in the Catholic Church where sin abounds, their grace abounds all the more. So when people have been victimized, a lot of really good citizens come together to help families, to help victims, and to pull together as a community to show that sin doesn't triumph, but that love and mercy and grace and healing and forgiveness, those things that come from God, they triumph in the end. Gun violence and mass shootings have become all too common. In particular, there's been a string of shootings just in the first few months of this year as the country slowly reopens after the coronavirus pandemic. A few months ago, in March, a gunman opened fire at a grocery store in Boulder, Colorado, about an hour's drive from our office. The gunman killed 10 people, including Eric Talley, a Boulder police officer, husband and father, and a Catholic. I covered Eric's funeral back in March, and later in the show, I'll share some stories and sounds from that experience. But first, we'll hear from Archbishop Paul Coakley of Oklahoma City, who leads the U.S. Bishop's Committee on Domestic Justice and Human Development. You're listening to CNA Newsroom, the podcast that brings you the people behind the headlines. I'm your host, Jonah McKeown. Approximately 40,000 people die each year in the United States in firearm-related deaths, Uh, 40,000. So that's a tremendous wound within our nation and in the hearts of so many families and communities. Archbishop Paul Coakley of Oklahoma City leads the U.S. Bishops Committee on Domestic Justice and Human Development. He's been in that position for about two years now, and in that time, He says the committee has devoted a lot of energy to seeking an end to the death penalty. Especially at the the federal level, that was something that uh, had presented itself uh, with some urgency uh, in the last uh, six months, eight months, a year or so. But Coakley said that gun violence has been a consistent and even growing issue for his committee. We cannot help but be very much aware of the frequency of gun violence and the frequency of mass shootings as they are occurring in our country. But the thing that kind of surprises me about that, 40,000 deaths annually, two-thirds of those deaths are actually suicide deaths. One-third would be homicides. Two-thirds are are suicides. So that points to another great crisis that we're facing in our society. You know, a lot of the attention has been focused in the media on the mass shootings, which are certainly a cause of concern for all of us. But the suicide rate points to the level of hopelessness, I suppose, uh, and despair that is driving uh, a lot of these things. Of course, Coakley can't respond to every act of gun violence. But last month, he felt the need to respond to a mass shooting at a light rail yard in San Jose, California. An employee opened fire at an early morning work meeting, killing 10 people, including himself, and injuring multiple others. San Jose is, in this year of St. Joseph, it's a tragic irony, but it's hard to say that this is 
one mass shooting that's that much more horrific than the one that happened maybe the day before or the, or the day after. You know, it's just such a, there's such a sequence of these things and just felt the need to uh, offer some sort of response and some sort of guidance and some sort of uh, encouragement to, to prayer. In a statement following the tragedy, Coakley prayed for all affected. He said the shooting was a reminder that, quote, something fundamentally broken in our society and culture must be courageously examined and addressed. The Catholic Church doesn't have any direct teachings about guns or gun ownership, but Coakley said personal responsibility is important. Gun policy certainly has a certain role to play, but it's, it's not the only thing. Not many of us have opportunities to shape the policies of our government regarding who can possess a gun and so forth. But but we all have responsibilities that we can focus on. If a person is a, is a gun owner, they have a responsibility to store their guns safely, for example, so that those guns could not be misused, fall into the hands of thieves or of children who would not be able to use those guns responsibly. So I think personal responsibility is something that we have to take very seriously. But also accountability. Coakley said extreme risk protection orders can play a valuable role in slowing gun violence. The so-called red flag laws that when people notice that somebody in the community, somebody in the family is acting erratically or seems to be depressed or, or acting out in ways that indicate that they're in distress. I think uh, we need to be prepared to intervene. And I think that's where sometimes laws like the extreme risk protection orders can really be helpful in terms of preventing uh, people that might be at risk for suicide by uh, giving family members the opportunity to, to intervene, uh, to uh, get them the help that they need and protect them. Coakley is Archbishop of Oklahoma City, and he said the city's psyche has really been shaped by the Oklahoma City bombing back in 1995. Although that incident didn't specifically involve guns, Coakley said the violence and the horror of that terrorist attack is still affecting the community to this day. At the time, is the worst domestic terrorist act uh, in the nation's history, and so it it's a community that that still experiences the effect of that horrific act of violence. Families, communities, neighborhoods, individuals have been affected by that. I would point to the Oklahoma City bombing as kind of a watershed moment here that I think uh, alerted so many of our community members to the importance of recognizing the need to uh, get involved uh, responsibly in our community, in our churches, in our social service agencies. And schools. Coakley said Catholic schools have an important role to play. In providing the kind of environment where um, tendency toward, toward violence might be diffused or giving people hope. And, of course, prayer. I think uh, our prayer response, our response in prayer uh, to acts of violence is critically important. As Christians, that's the resource that we have that is probably most unique and most important, uh, the, the resources of our faith, to pray for the conversion of heart of those who are perhaps uh, at risk to act out violently, to pray for healing in communities uh, where violence has made an impact so that 
one act of violence does not lead to, to further acts of violence. Whatever the means of violence in society, whether it takes the form of shootings, bombings, or capital punishment, Coakley said Catholics are called to be peacemakers rather than perpetuating violence. I think that's the tragedy of it, that uh, violence breeds violence. And the irony of the state resorting to capital punishment to uh, be part of a solution. A further act of violence is not going to end the, the, the cycle of violence. So I think as Christians to to have the, the response of in faith of, of bringing a violent situation to the to the Lord who heals hearts, who is the Prince of Peace, to resolve conflicts. Conflicts that may seem intractable, situations that may seem impossible. Uh, nothing is impossible for God. And we need to believe that, and we need to act upon that. For CNA Newsroom, I'm Kate Oliveira. We'll be right back. Hi, guys. Kate here. And Jonah. Do you ever think to yourself, man, I love the stories I hear every week on CNA Newsroom, but sometimes I wish I knew more about what's happening in the church on a daily basis. It's okay if you've thought that. You won't hurt our feelings. Well, Catholic News Agency now offers a daily audio news update made especially for your smart speaker. It's called Catholic News, and it's available right now on Amazon Alexa and Google Home. You can listen every day on your favorite podcast app, too, if that's how you roll. Okay, here's how it works. On Google Home, all you have to do is walk up to your speaker and say, Hey Google, play Catholic News. Here's the latest news. If you have an Alexa, it's pretty much the same. Just say, Alexa, open Catholic News. Welcome back to the latest news from Catholic News Agency. You can also search for Catholic News in the Alexa Skills Store, Enable the skill on your app, and then ask Alexa to play your flash briefing. Check out our show notes for more information. And now, back to the episode. March 22, 2021 was a fairly ordinary Monday in Colorado. The sun was finally shining after a particularly snowy start to spring. In the wealthy and outdoorsy college town of Boulder, most people went about their business. For the city's Christians, the season of Lent was drawing to a close. Easter was just under two weeks away. But then... Around 2.30 p.m., shots began to ring out in the parking lot of a King Supers grocery store. In just a matter of minutes, police are dispatched to the store, and at least three officers rush immediately inside. At approximately 2.39 p.m., one of the officers radios in. One of his fellow officers had been struck down. It takes more than an hour for the horrific mass shooting situation to end. By the time the suspect was led away in handcuffs, he had claimed the lives of 10 people. Nevin Stadinsky, 23. Ricky Odds, 25. Trelona Barkanovic, 
Among the victims was the police officer who charged into the store, Officer Eric Talley. Officer Eric Talley, 51. Kevin Mahoney, 61. Lynn Murray, 62. Jody Waters, 65. Our hearts go out to all the victims killed during this senseless act of violence. Eric joined the Boulder Police Department in 2010 when he was 40 years old. It was a pretty major career switch for him. He had previously worked mainly with computers doing IT. Apparently, Eric sometimes joked that police work was actually less stressful than troubleshooting computers. Eric converted to Catholicism in 2007. After some initial hesitancy, his wife Leah says that he fell in love with the Mass. Leah has since said that she thinks Eric had always wanted the kind of foundation for his family that the Catholic faith ultimately provided. Mrs. Talley called her husband a man of hidden virtues who touched people's lives in small but profound ways. By the way, we did reach out to Eric's family, but it just didn't work out to talk to them this time. Eric's colleagues at the Boulder Police Department called him an inspiration and praised his bravery. In the wake of his death, many stories poured in about Eric's helpfulness and willingness to serve the people of Boulder during his 11 years as a police officer. Eric's funeral was held on March 29th, a week after the shooting, at the Cathedral Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in downtown Denver. Boulder is part of the Archdiocese of Denver, and Eric's family regularly attended a parish in Littleton, a Denver suburb. In addition to a packed congregation in person, more than 1,400 people tuned in to the live stream of the Mass. Archbishop Samuel Aquila was the first to speak, offering his prayers and condolences to Eric's family. At this time, I wish to, as Archbishop, extend the condolences, my own personal condolences, but also the condolences of the entire Catholic community for your husband, for your dad, and for your son. Eric was a man who gave his life. And Jesus has told us, Greater love than this no man has than to lay down his life. And Eric lived that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Father James Jackson, the pastor at the Talley's Parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, preached the homily. You would think that the evil which was done in Boulder Monday last would break the heart of God, and it did. He saw everything that happened in Boulder and then did penance for it in his trial, his crowning of thorns, his scourging at the pillar, the carrying of his cross, and ultimately in the crucifixion. That is where God was last Monday. While Father Jackson, like so many others, praised Eric's heroism and bravery, he also noted that the purpose of a funeral mass is, primarily, to pray for the person's soul. He was a good man. 
an honorable and faithful father, a faithful husband, a son, a friend, a faithful and heroic officer of the law. But I will stop there. Since traditional Catholics do not want to be canonized at their funerals, they want prayers for their stay in purgatory. They want prayers for their loved ones whom they left behind. Father Jackson's words about redemption and eternal life, spoken just a few days before the celebration of Easter, served as a reminder of the eternal life that Christ offers to all, even to sinners. What he did for Eric, he did for all. Yes, even for his enemies. Eric was not the only Christian who lost his life on that fateful day. One of the other shooting victims, in fact, was a Serbian Orthodox young man whose small but vibrant faith community in Colorado mourned his passing. All in all, the memory of the Boulder shooting is still painful for the community. But the memory of the heroic example of Officer Eric Talley, the Catholic father of seven, will surely live on for years to come. We do hope the best for him, and our hope has a basis. But it is not the good things Eric did in this life, many as they were. Our hope is based instead on what our blessed Lord did for him, from the Garden of Gethsemane to the Resurrection, which is the definitive victory over sin and death. CNA Newsroom is a production of Catholic News Agency, a service of EWTN News. I'm your host, Jonah McKeown. I produce and edit this show with the help of our executive producer, Kate Oliveira. A very special thanks this week to Bishop Michael Barber and to Archbishop Paul Coakley. See you next week.